It is Friday, September 20th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in, in the Lineup Builder tool, on DraftSharks.com right now, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Also on DraftSharks.com, you can find all of Jared's top picks for playing on DraftKings this weekend. He's got you covered with picks for cash games and GPP lineups. I'll add some showdown info for the Sunday night and Monday night games. And then come Saturday morning, you'll also be able to find our lineups for the Crown is Ass Challenge where we play against each other. Round two was my turn last week. Uh, both delivered low point totals. In retrospect, Jared, I, I should have played less Derek Carr overall. I mean, we know he's just not that good. I know it was a spot where he could have scored, but we know he's not that good. We don't really expect the offense to be that good, so I think I trusted him a little too much after week one went better than expected. Yeah, um, I, I thought Carr was a fine play last week. Um, I thought he'd score more than the 11.7 points he did. I, I just ended up going up to Jared Goff. I just thought, you know, for the extra 500 bucks or whatever it was, that was worth it. But, um, you know, my my mistake was probably not playing Austin Eckler. Um, you know, he, he was, you know, a strong value at his price. I probably got a bit unlucky with James Conner and Alvin Kamara. I mean, both their quarterbacks get hurt during that game. Conner gets hurt and misses the fourth quarter. But I think I should have gotten to Eckler instead of one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Alvin Kamara was the big flop. I don't know that it was a bad play, but, you know, that's the kind of stuff that happens. We'll be back at it for week three. Check out those lineups in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, let's get to the picks. I'm going to start with a cash quarterback. And, Jared, I'll, I'll probably steer away from Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson here because of their $7,000-plus salaries. Uh, you know, it's expensive on a site where it's generally a little tougher to squeeze in value into lineups. And, and I feel like there are a lot of attractive options below that. They are. And I'm going to make the case for Kyle Allen in cash games. He, he's priced wow. at, at $4,000, the, the dead minimum price for a quarterback on DraftKings. We have Allen projected for 218 passing yards and 1.3 passing touchdowns. You know, that, the very conservative projections. He still comes in as the top projected dollars per point quarterback based on his price and our projections there. I think there's a chance the guy is, you know, an okay NFL quarterback. Um, you know, he was the number one quarterback in the 2014 recruiting class, had a rocky college career. Mm-hmm. We saw him last year in that season finale against the Saints. I thought he played pretty well, even though the Saints had nothing to play for. But it's really the spot here against the Cardinals that makes me feel more comfortable with Allen at his price. We know the Cardinals have been playing fa- fast on offense. That That's meant they faced a league high 76 snaps per game, you know, from the opposing offense. So I think you're going to get more volume from Kyle Allen here. Allen here. And it's a good matchup too. Um, you know, we, we've been attacking the Cardinals pass defense. They are 27th in DraftKings points allowed to quarterback so far. Football outsider says them 24th in pass defense. And in addition to the matchup, he gets to bring with them DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson, Christian McCaffrey. So I, I, I like the, 2014 recruiting class stuff. I'm not sure if that's reaching deep for analysis or just reaching. I think it tells you that the guy has 
talent. Like, you know, at, at some point he was the best quarterback in his year in the entire country, or at least people thought he was. Uh, I, I like it, whatever the case. <laughs> Matthew Stafford at 5,500 is my primary guy. Probably the lowest I'll go, although I, he, I, Kyle Allen at 4,000 is interesting. Right. For Matthew Stafford, anyway, he, he's playing better than Jameis Winston so far. Uh, Jameis Winston is a 5,400, so they're right in the same range why I bring him up. Stafford's fifth among quarterbacks in fantasy points through two weeks. The Eagles, of course, the matchup is the key here, have allowed 700 passing yards, six passing touchdowns combined to Case Keenum and Matt Ryan so far. They play the run tougher than the pass, so I don't think that the Eagles are really going to make life tough for Stafford this week. And Detroit has not been all that effective running the ball so far, so I don't think that we're suddenly going to see a run-heavy day from the Lions. And, you know, if we believe the Vegas projection this week, the line on the game, then we should expect Detroit to be playing from behind and not get to run as much as it might like to. And I also like that Kenny Galladay is a pretty easy stack here across formats. Yeah, and if you like Matt Stafford in cash, you're going to want to play him in tournaments because no one is on him. He's he's projected for, I, th- I think, like less than 2% ownership. Yeah, I was shocked to see that. He would cer- he will certainly be in my plans in, in what I'm considering on that side as well. I'll throw out Matt Ryan, too, as a cash game play at 5700 bucks. If you're not comfortable with Kyle Allen way down there, I think Ryan makes sense at that price tag. Yeah, there's really a lot to choose from. This is not a week where I'm going to be like, this is my guy. Yep, exactly. For a tournament quarterback, I'm going to the other side of that Panthers-Cardinals game with Kyler Murray, um, 5800 bucks. I thought his performance in Baltimore last week was super encouraging, completed 62.5% of his passes, 8.7 yards per attempt, threw for 340-something yards. Um, now he's back at home against the Panthers, who are 19th in football outsiders past defense ranking. So I, I think it's obviously a much better spot for Kyler Murray. I think this this could be the real breakout week for him. Yeah. On the tournament side, I think I'm going to need to do at least one Patrick Mahomes lineup. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's just the quarterback, no matter how much he's owned, he's just the guy who could break the week and be the one that you have to have. I mean, he, he could throw five or six touchdowns and none of us would be like, wow. I didn't see that coming. Sammy Watkins' ownership is down a little bit from last week, so I think that helps the handcuffing. And actually, Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson are looking like they're going to come in at lower owned rates than I would have expected, probably because they're up at 5,500 mm-hmm. in salary this week, so more expensive than you'd like them to be. But you know that adds a little bit of room for differentiating uh, a Mahomes lineup. Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, I think I'm still going to fade him in tournaments. You know, I I know that fading Lamar Jackson either of the past two weeks was a a big mistake, but we are at least getting the Chiefs at home here. The defense is generally better at home. Last year, the Chiefs allowed 18 total touchdowns at home versus 31 on the road. The year before, 14 total touchdowns at home versus 24 on the road. We'll see what this year's defense is like. I don't think it's a great defense, but... You know, we're we're kind of splitting hairs here. I'll, I'll go with Mahomes over Lamar Jackson in the tournament lineups. Yeah, I think if you made a Patrick Mahomes tournament lineup every week of the season, you'd you'd end up making a profit over the course of the year. So that's probably a good idea. I've been torn on Lamar Jackson so far this week whether I want to use him in tournaments. Um, I, I do think there's a chance that Baltimore disappoints this week in Kansas City. I also like Lamar Jackson, though, because it seems like a pretty concentrated offense where if you stack him with Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, you're going to get a big portion of his passing production. Yeah. Are you worried about Mark Andrews' injury at all this week, though? No. um, He was on the injury report last week with the foot. I think he he even didn't practice last Friday and ended up playing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, unless we hear something, I'm, I'm not worried about it. 
Yeah, I'm certainly I certainly can't call Lamar Jackson a bad play for anybody. And you know, I mentioned there are lots of options this week. In the 6K range, we've got Tom Brady and Dak Prescott who have mm-hmm. high ceilings. In the 5K range, we already had we already mentioned Stafford. We already mentioned Kyler Murray. You mentioned Matt Ryan on the cash side. Josh Allen, I think, is an option here. Has the rushing side as well. So, I mean, there are lots of different ways to do this. You should mess around with the lineups and see what what looks best when you're done building. Yep, I'll toss one more name in there. Deshaun Watson, who disappointed last week. I think no one's going to be on him this week, and I think he is you know not to the extent of Patrick Mahomes, but you know similar in that if you make a Deshaun Watson tournament lineup every week, I think you're going to come out on top in the end. Yeah, at least when he's not playing the Jaguars. Exactly. At running back for cash, I like Chris Carson at fifty nine hundred bucks. He's tied for ninth most ro- opportunities among running backs so far. Forty of those through two games, opportunities is uh, carries plus targets. 12th in running back salary on the main slate. Four and a half point home favorites this week are the Seahawks. So, you know, that only increases the chances that we get lots of Chris Carson touches, which we should expect anyway. As you mentioned on yesterday's podcast, even though they switched to Rashad Penny right after Chris Carson's second fumble against the Steelers, Mm -hmm. it was Carson on the field for the final carry of that game. So when they were trying to, you know, seal it, they were like, all right, let's get Chris back in there. We'll hand him the ball. He's our guy. I think he's the safest touch bet among guys in the price range. He's even seen 18% of Seattle's targets so far. And on DraftKings, you get the bonus for 100 yards. I think Carson's as good a bet as just about anybody to hit that. So that makes up for any receiving you know, downside that he might have versus some other top-level guys. Yeah, my only concern with Carson is just, you know, does another fumble send him to the bench? So I, I, I'm on the fence with him as a cash game play, but I, I love him in tournaments. And it doesn't look like he's going to be that highly owned, so he's definitely going to be in a bunch of my tournament lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to make the mistake of not playing Austin Eckler again in cash mm-hmm. games. His price is up to 7200 bucks, um, but he still comes in as the fifth best dollars per point value based on our projections for him. Eckler leads all running backs in DraftKings points through two weeks. He's, you know, the efficiency has been awesome, but so is the usage. He's 16th among running backs and carries, fifth in targets, so he's seventh in total opportunities. He's also tied for third in the league with five carries inside the 10-yard line and tied for second in the league with three carries inside the five-yard line. So, they, you know, he's he's their guy around the goal line. Um, he's a home favorite this weekend against the Texans who have allowed 5.5 yards per carry through running backs. Houston's also allowed seven catches for 72 yards to Alvin Kamara in week one and four catches for 40 yards to Leonard Fournette in week two. So, you know, it's another upside spot for Eckler in the passing game. Yeah, can't argue with him at all for sure. Tournament side, Saquon Barkley at 9,100. So Mm. the current fan share projections have Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, and Ezekiel Elliott all at 23-plus percent ownership. Barkley is next, and his is only at 16%. So he's not a sneaky play, but significantly less than those other guys. And, I mean, Barkley heads into every week with as much upside as anybody at the position. He's played through two lopsided losses so far. And yet he's put up 100 rushing yards in each game, only ran 11 times against Dallas and got over 100 yards, has seen six plus targets in each game. Barkley is tied for seventh most running back opportunities in the league through those two weeks. Daniel Jones's first start certainly should not hurt the workload for Barkley. Maybe it even helps it by, you know, encouraging them to run a little bit more, work in Mm -hmm. some quarter passes to help the rookie get comfy. The thing, of course, with Barkley is that he brings – the talent upside running the ball, he brings target upside on the other side, which helps even further for PPR on DraftKings. So I, I like Barkley for tournaments this week, especially at 
the little bit lower owned rate than the other yeah. top guys. Yeah, I like that call. I, mean, I don't know if it's a contrarian take, but I, I expect the Giants offense to be better with Daniel Jones than it has been with Eli Manning. And it's not like, I mean, Christian McCaffrey has his questions too with Kyle Allen under center. Zeke Elliott, tough to see him failing against Miami, but I'm a bit concerned about his passing game usage being down so far, especially on DraftKings. So obviously within the, the range of outcomes that Barkley outscores both those guys at, at much lower ownership. So I like that call. And for what it's worth, I mean, we'll, the Bucks' defense is better so far, but we'll mm-hmm. see how they end up being. And they're also without first-round pick Devin White this week, who's got a knee yep. injury. Uh, my tournament running back, Devontae Freeman, I mean, this this has to be the week. If he doesn't do it this week, I'm, I'm pretty much going to be jumping ship. He gets the Colts, who are 31st in DraftKings points allowed to running backs through two weeks. They're 30th in football outsiders run defense rankings. The Colts have allowed 5.5 yards per carry to running back so far this year, and it looks like they're going to be without their best linebacker, Darius Leonard, who was concussed last week. Yeah, I agree. The only reason I haven't mentioned and didn't mention Freeman in this spot is I have no idea if he has the ultimate tournament ceiling that we'd like, but the price on him is great. Yes. Over to wide receiver. For cash, for me, it's Kenny Galladay, 6600 bucks. 25% of Lions targets so far. He's five targets ahead of his nearest teammate. And he's the only Lion who's actually done well on targets in each of those games. I mean, both Danny Amendola and TJ Hawkinson loaded up on week one targets, saw them fall off in week two. Galladay beat up the Chargers secondary last week. That secondary is much better than Phillies. I already mentioned those numbers with Matthew Stafford before. So I think even if you don't want Stafford, even if you opt for a different quarterback, Galladay is uh, one of the safer plays on the wide receiver board this week. Yep, I like it. He looks awesome. He's getting more of the targets than I thought he would, so I like that play. And cash, for for at least two of my three wide receiver spots, I'm going cheap this week, and I'm going to use Nelson Aguilar at $3,600. You know, he, he's still priced as if Alshon Jeffrey and, and Deshaun Jackson are playing. DJX has already been ruled out. Jeffrey hasn't been yet, but he looks like a long shot. So I, I think Aguilar just... At 3600 bucks as the top wide receiver for the Eagles is a big value. And then for the, for the second spot, I'm going to go with one of the Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald or Christian Kirk. I think they're both underpriced. Uh, Fitz is at 5100 bucks. Kirk's at 5000 Fitz probably the better play just based on volume so far. He's tied for third among all wide receivers and targets. He's sixth in air yards. You know, he's gone over 100 yards in both games so far. Kirk, I think also... A good play, 100 bucks cheaper, if that means anything. He's 11th among wide receivers and targets, 24th in air yards. Didn't do much in week one, despite seeing 12 targets. But in week two, he got six of his, of his eight targets and racked up 114 receiving yards. Yeah, I agree with all those guys. And those prices can help you with the more expensive players that we've already mentioned, fitting them into your lineup. Nelson Aguilar is not only priced like Djax and Jeffrey are playing, it seems like he's priced as though Golden Tate's still on the team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought that the prices came out on Monday so that the Sunday night would be involved. Are the Sunday night games not factored in as well? You know, I'm not sure, but in Aguilar's case, it sure seems that way. Yeah. On the tourney side, I, I got to give a look to DeAndre Hopkins. 7800 bucks. Yeah. I mean, he's always expensive, but his ownership projection right now is around 5%. If we're really going to be at that number for him over the weekend, then I have got to have some DeAndre Hopkins exposure. Casey Hayward did not shadow Kenny Galladay last week. Galladay did a lot of his damage against the 
Chargers' other starting outside corner. You know, maybe Hayward is more of a shadow on Hopkins where he just doesn't let Hopkins get away from him. I just don't think it matters. I mean, it's certainly possible for Hopkins to not have a good game against the Chargers. It's also possible for him to totally outplay that matchup and still have a DeAndre Hopkins game. Yep, I noticed that ownership projection this morning, and you know that that made me even more excited to to have a Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins stack. So I'm definitely going to have one of those in tournaments. So I like that call. I was hoping that Mike Evans and or Sammy Watkins would have lower projected ownership. They're they're both projected right around 11, 12 percent, which is still still fine. I'm still going to use them. I was hoping they'd be you know lower than that, but I'll throw out Marquez Valdez Scantling at 4,300 bucks. He's projected for under one percent ownership. Was quiet last week, but he still played 87% of the Packers snaps. He ran a route on 95% of Rodgers' dropbacks, so he's basically a full-time player. Um, he's seen 19% of the Packers' targets through two games. That That's a nice number. Um, and, and this week, we're going to have Chris Harris likely shadow Devontae Adams. That's going to leave Valdez Scantling on Isaac Yodum, who has given up 12 catches for 148 yards on 13 targets so far this season. Yeah, I can't be against it. I I still that pass offense just makes me uneasy in general and on upside. I'm not sure what to expect from it yet. Yep. I mean that's why it's a tournament play, but he's cheap and no one's gonna own him. So yeah. and we you know we you know MBS has that big playability. You know, he, he can do it on, on one play. Yeah, I'm I'm certainly with you too on wishing that Mike Evans was cheap was uh, less owned. I you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting Sammy Watkins to be sneaky this week, but I was hoping we could get yeah. Mike Evans at like five or six percent ownership. John Brown at fifty five hundred bucks against the Bengals is also interesting. And then yep. you know I mentioned earlier, Demarcus Robinson and Cole Hardman are both checking in right now at lower projected ownership. I figured both of those guys would be around ten percent or more. They're both in single mm-hmm. digits right now, so we'll have to check back in over the weekend. But they're certainly in play at those rates. I think. Yep, I like all those calls. Tight end is gross this week. I don't, I don't even like looking at it. For cash, really? I, yeah, I mean, Austin Hooper at 3,600 gets my primary focus. I think Jason Witten and Greg Olson are also attractive in the same range. But uh, Hooper beats Witten on, on target outlook, I think. <laughs> we'll see. Mm-hmm. He, and he's not playing with a backup quarterback like Greg Olson is. So Austin Hooper does have a positive matchup. Football Outsiders has the Colts at 26th so far in tight end coverage and better against every wide receiver spot. I hope that Devontae Freeman has his bounce back week. I would love to see it happen, but the run game has stunk so far, so I can't count on it happening. And Hooper sits second in our DK dollars per point projections in the lineup builder tool. Yeah, Hooper is definitely where I'll go if I'm going cheap, which I usually do in cash. But I think this week, if you use Kyle Allen or even Matt Ryan, who's cheap, and then you you know use two of those cheap wideouts, I think you can use Zach Ertz in cash games, 5700 bucks. That's a good price for him. It's the lowest price he's been so far this season. Ertz, another guy priced as if Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are still going to play. Dallas Goddard looks like he's going to be out too. Ertz saw 16 targets last week, you know, with with those three guys out for most of the game. So I think, you know, he, he's a pretty good bet for double digit targets again, assuming all three of those guys are out. Yeah, I mean, you can write with ink that he's going to get 10 plus targets in this game. And I mean, the upside is... I don't even know where it ends. I mean, I, I, it, I mean, I honestly think that if Detroit scores more points in this game than they are projected to, which I expect them to, I mean, Zach Ertz could get to 18 to 20 targets in this game, possibly. Yeah, and, and I have no issue either with playing Ertz and Aguilar in the same lineup. I mean, I, you know, those, those guys could see half of Carson Wentz targets on Sunday. On the tournament side, I, if I'm staying in the cheaper range, uh, Greg Olson, Jason Witten, I think are more attractive over here than in cash because, you know, it, it's a little bit easier to 
chase the upside and not worry about their issues. I'm probably sticking in this range rather than spending up at this position versus others. But if I do spend up, it, it would be for Ertz or George Kittle rather than going for Evan Ingram this week or even than going all the way up for Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Kittle's my guy in tournaments, um, projected at 8.8% ownership. I just think he he's just due for a big game. You know, in week one, he had those two touchdowns called back by penalties. Last week, kind of surprising, the Niners put up 41 points, and he was sort of left out of it. I, I just think it's going to be a Kittle week coming up here, and this is a good spot for it against the Steelers, who Football Outsiders has dead last in tight end coverage. Pittsburgh just gave up that five-catch, 50-yard, two-touchdown game to Will Disley last week. Yeah, maybe George Kittle can finally have a Will Disley week. <laughs> exactly. We can, we can all hope. At flex, I think both of the Cardinals wideouts that you already mentioned are in play, even alongside running backs here. I think Demir Bird is also worth considering at 3000 bucks. You know, whether yeah. it's a flex or whether it's a, a wide receiver three spot, he's seen four, 14 targets through two games. So 15% of the team total, it's worth more in Arizona right now than it is in a lot of other places. Uh, I think all those guys are in play. I think also if you're looking running back, I like – Freeman for attorney lineup. Otherwise, Aaron Jones at 6,100. Mark Ingram at 5,700. I think he's the underplayed asset likely in this Baltimore-Kansas City game, projected at 5.6% ownership right now. And Mm -hmm. uh, Frank Gore is looking pretty good at 4,400 now that Devin Singletary has been ruled out. (laughs) Yeah, I I probably won't end up going to Frank Gore, but I can't argue with it. Um, Yep. For cash games, I'm always going to use a running back in the flex spot. So you mentioned Chris Carson. I like him. Aaron Jones, 6,100, like him. Uh, David Johnson, if you can afford him, I think he's underpriced at 6,800 bucks. I know last week was disappointing, but I I think he had a lot of things working against him, including the wrist injury that knocked him out for about a quarter. So I like him to bounce back. In in tournaments, I think it's another week you can consider using a tight end in the flex spot. I think Ertz, Kittle, and Mark Andrews at 4,600 bucks, I think they're all just undervalued compared to the other positions. So if Zach Ertz was a wide receiver, he'd be priced as wide receiver 24. George Kittle would be priced 26th among wide receivers. Mark Andrews would be priced as wide receiver 46. And, you know, Andrews has gone over 100 yards in both games so far. So I think they're all, you know, you can go two tight ends in tournament lineups this week. I like that. Or if you want to just pay up for one of those guys, you could toss Rex Burkhead in a tournament lineup as your flex. He's For me, he's way ahead of Sony Michelle this week. And I think he's a potentially sneaky play after Sonny Michelle finished last week's game with a fumble. Because yeah. if there's anything that Bill Belichick despises more than talking to reporters, it's guys who fumble in games. And <laughs> even with Michelle not having fumbled yet this year in week one, we saw Rex Burkhead draw eight targets. So it's yeah. always possible that there's a sneaky Rex Burkhead game. It's always possible that he vultures a touchdown, even if he doesn't see extra touches in a particular outing yeah i like that 3900 bucks for burkhead i hadn't considered him yet but i'm gonna add him to my list right now you're welcome (laughs) on to the defense where i really don't think that you can play the cowboys with the patriots 500 cheaper on DraftKings. i'm not gonna play either of them in cash games i mean i won't argue with them for tournaments because you know we we saw the upside that the patriots have last week against miami and the cowboys get that dolphins matchup so i think they're fine in tournaments Cash games, I'm going to go cheap as usual and play the Chargers at $2,500. Um, you know, they're, they're home favorites, which we like. They're going to give up points to Houston, but I also think the Chargers are a, a nice sack bet here. Houston allowed six sacks to the Saints in week one and four sacks to the Jags in week two. And I think the Chargers pass rush is just as good, if not better than those teams. I would rather play the Bucks at 2900 if I'm going low. I will probably, though, try to stop around the Vikings at 3300 bucks though. Plenty of upside still. 
not too expensive, sneakier than the top defenses, Dallas and New England. You know, last week I was not playing New England against Miami and, and ended up wishing that I had, of course. Yeah. So might look up to that range a little bit more, but uh, there are still plenty of options. In addition to those, I just mentioned the Bills and Packers at 3,400, both in play with plenty of upside as well. Yeah, I would say to not get too caught up in the Patriots' defense performance last week. I mean, they obviously had upside, and they, they have upside again, but you know, you, you're know, you not counting on a D to score twice in any given week, to, even playing Miami. I don't think. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this week they get Luke Falk making his first yeah. NFL start. So, I mean, yeah. if they were playing pretty much anybody else. I'd be like, yeah, last week's not going to happen again. But it's been a really good defense so far. It's a really good spot at home, so I, I can't fade them completely. Yeah, probably worth getting them in at least one tournament lineup. I like the Packers defense at 3400 you know, Based on the fan share numbers, it seems like they're the high-end defense that's going overlooked this week. Um, and this D's been awesome through two weeks. They're third in football outsiders, defensive DVOA. They've produced in fantasy. They have six sacks, five takeaways already. They're actually third among main slate defenses in DraftKings points. Obviously a good spot here at home, seven and a half point favorites against the Broncos. Denver, not a good offense. They've only put up 30 points through two games. And Green Bay is the season long defense that you need to be adding this week because the schedule is favorable going forward. And they're surprisingly easy to acquire this week, even after two good weeks. Yeah, I don't like them as much uh, next week against the Eagles as you do, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, I, I don't love them next week, but I think they're startable next week and there are other yeah. startable spots coming up as well. Yep. That's going to do it for this week three edition of the DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full week three rankings and mess around with the lineup builder tool. Try to win yourself some money this weekend. Check back Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the crown is ass challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at draft sharks. Jared is at Smola DS. I am at shop DS. It's S C H A U F for Jared Smola and the rest of the draft sharks crew. I'm Matt shop saying thanks so much for swimming with us.